0: Cheers cast as part of the Fire and Water Network.
1: Oh boy, oh boy.
2: What's wrong, son? Are you
1: kidding me? You didn't see
0: that?
2: She was.
1: What are you talking about? Guys, Diane's best friend just came
2: on to me.
0: Crazy.
2: She knows you're with Diane, so she thinks you're safe. Forget about what she's saying. I'm talking about vibrations here. Listen, I know women. Diane's friend wants me. <laughs>
0: All right, I know
1: a thing or two here. I've had experience with this sort of thing.
2: You
0: know. Oh, when I was dating
1: Vera, her little sister always used to prance around wearing nothing but a bikini or flimsy little
0: shorts or something. Yeah, she used to sit in my lap, make little jokes, whisper in my ear how sexy I was. So I I did it. I uh, went ahead and asked her out. She turned me down
2: flat. Vera knows this. Yeah,
0: Coach.
1: She was there at the time. She was really furious.
2: <laughs> I bet she was surprised she even
1: married you. Yeah, well, the ceremony was in progress. Really wasn't much. <laughs> Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always.
0: Welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and this time I am welcoming two former guests onto the show. First, from Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, it's Al Sedano. What's up, Al?
2: Not much, Ryan, although at least now I'm no longer curious about the opening credits, so we got that out of the way.
0: <laughs> we did. We, we handled that. We're ready to move on. Uh, and next, from the SNL Nerds podcast, it's John Trumbull making his triumphant return. What's up, John? Hey,
1: how's it going? Thanks for having me back, Ryan.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You're uh, as Diane described in this episode. You're you're becoming one of the most regular regulars on this. <laughs> you yeah, might have the most appearances on this show now. Damn straight. Yeah, you'll fight, be fighting Rob Kelly for that. We'll see.
2: That's How many right. beers you up to? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I that should comes start later.
1: drinking beers on this show. I should be doing that. I thought about
2: that right after I sat down, but I already made myself coffee. <laughs>
0: I, I can't drink when I record because I I, I'm too honest, and then I start telling my guests what I really think about them. So.
1: Oh, well, that doesn't <laughs> sound ominous at all.
0: No, then I, it's I kinda it's, more, it's more amorous, just like the dog in this episode. We're giving away too much material. All right, let's 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 get into this. Uh, you both campaigned to be on this episode, so I figured rather than just choosing one of you, uh, I'd have you both on, which is actually topical for this episode because we're discussing Season 2, Episode 11, which is titled, Just Three Friends. Episode is written by David Lloyd. It is directed by James Burroughs. The original air date was December 15th, 1983. Diane's best friend, Heather Landon, played by Marky Post, is in town and Diane brings her to Cheers to meet the gang. Heather and Sam have a great rapport, perhaps too great, as Sam is convinced that Heather is flirting with him. He reluctantly shares his concern with Diane, who laughs at the idea that her friend would come on to her boyfriend right in front of her. Diane confronts Heather with Sam's outrageous accusation, and is totally blindsided when Heather confirms she is into Sam, and then she admits that she's only kidding just to kill the tension. After Diane invites Heather to dinner, Carla plants the seed in her mind that Sam's misgivings are not wholly unfounded. Against all reason, Diane grows suspicious of her friend's behavior, and once Sam arrives for dinner, Diane interprets everything Heather says and does as a sexual advance. Sam and Heather's natural playfulness finally drives Diane to the point where she freaks out and accuses her friend of trying to steal Sam. Once Sam and Heather convince her how foolish she's being, Diane apologizes in order to save her friendship. So, that was just three friends, um... I think before we get into this, we can all agree uh, Sam and Heather would make a much happier couple, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think
1: that's a good assessment.
0: <laughs> they just seem much more on the same level. They're playful. They're they're obviously great chemistry. They're flirty. Yeah, I, I mean, the, re- the we're not bearing the lead. The reason for this episode, the reason you guys wanted this, let's talk about Marquee Post, shall we?
1: Oh, lad, let's do it.
0: Uh, oh. first, first impressions, the first time you met her, what do you think? I mean, Al, why did you want this one?
2: Well, because, I mean, even though the show has come up several times on here and reminded me how dated some of the stuff is, I did love Night Court as a kid. And I Markie Post was probably, was well, that probably was, one of my early crushes. You know, I liked her. So the fact that it was another person from Night Court... On the show, like uh, Harry Anderson, Mm -hmm. I definitely was intrigued. You know, I definitely wanted to watch this one because I'm sure I'd seen it before, but I don't really remember it at all when I watched it recently.
0: John, what did you think?
2: Uh, Well, uh, probably the first place
1: I ever saw Marky Post was when she guest starred on The A-Team, which if you're like a 12-year-old boy in the the 1980s, that's the coolest show in the world. And she played a couple (laughs) different uh, girlfriends of faces on there. And then, uh, like Al, I developed a love for her on Night Court, and you know, she was she was great, and a big a big upgrade uh, from the previous actresses that they had uh, in that role on the show. And I, I caught her in the odd episode of The Fall Guy too. She was all over TV in the early '80s,
0: and rightly so. Um yes. yeah. I mean, I I knew her from from Night Court, and I was deeply in love with her. Yeah, she was definitely one of my early crushes. This episode dropped would have been. Oh, a year or like half a year or something before her first appearance. Her first appearance on Night Court was the first or second episode of season two. Uh, she came on just as a one-off character, playing the same character, Christine Sullivan. Uh, but hmm. she was just in one episode, and then she yep. came back as a full-time replacement, as a full-time cast member at the start of season three. I don't and think I knew. That. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Had, she had one one appearance. It's either the first or the second episode of season two. I think it. God, I I, I want to say it might be the first because I think they introduced her before Billy, who was the, the replacement. Uh, or yeah, the-
1: I seem to remember that uh, the creator in Night Court, he wanted – Marky Post was like his first choice, but I think she was under contract to the fall guy. Hmm. And so he couldn't get her on the show until
2: uh, her commitment to the fall guy was done. So.
0: That would make sense. How oh, that worked? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, that show, that show had a lot of Night Court, not Fall Guy. Had a lot of cast change that first two seasons. I forgot about that till I looked it up recently. I was like, oh yeah, they had a lot of people going back and forth in that show. Oh,
0: yeah, uh, half the cast, um, Harry Anderson, John Larroquette, and Richard Mole are the only, like, original cast members who were in the first season and, like, all through it. Um, yeah. Like, Mac, Mac- Marshall Mac Warfield, is- and, and Marky Post all came on later on.
1: Yeah, and then they had the bad luck with uh, the first two bailiffs who were partnered with Bull Shannon right. uh, dying oh, because dying they both can be smokers. Right. I, I think they died of lung cancer, but... Uh, I'd have to look that up.
2: Yeah, and speaking of Marky Post, did it, was it, I'm trying to remember now, I know she played the mom in something about Mary. Wasn't Mac mm-hmm. playing the father or stepfather or whatever no. it was, her husband? Wasn't that Mac? No, it was a different actor. Okay, for some reason in my brain, I'm like, wasn't that Mac? They do look alike. I can see why
1: you would make that mistake. Okay, yeah. good. I don't know the guy's name offhand, but uh, it was a different guy.
0: She oh. also... Shoot. She also played Dr. Elliot Reed's mom in the TV show Scrubs and I love that because she was just this very rich, very vapid, but very like sexually aggressive and judgmental person. Yeah. Whenever yeah. she was on she was great.
1: She did that well. She also did a sitcom with John Redder in the nineties called Hearts of Fire, which mm-hmm. I never watched too much of, but it, it had a decent run. It ran for like three seasons.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, getting back to her performance on Night Court, like what really kind of cemented it for me, and I, I don't even know because I, I was fairly young. I don't know if I saw this in the first run but it's, uh, it's early on in season three, once she's become a full-time member. There's a Halloween episode where Harry is dating a witch the witch costume. Um, yeah, and he's he's very well. you know, he, fall, he falls in love mm-hmm. with his witch, but they have to break up and everything, and he's feeling depressed. And they go to dinner later, and her costume—she's like a a sort of Elvira or like sexy vampire woman with just a very, very low cut
1: costume. Yes. Yeah,
0: very like super low cut. And I just I just remember like Harry's line is: "He's like, you know, Miss Sullivan, I just need to get past this this you know this grief, and that costume is really helping."
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I also remember there was an episode with her and Celia Ward was her best friend. And it was it was kind of similar to this Cheers episode where Christine was very jealous of her best friend who was very flirty and sexual. And I think Harry and Dan were both after her. Yeah. Yep. It was, I mean, because uh, Christine was a, a very buttoned up sort of character. They didn't uh, put her in like revealing outfits very often. But when they did on that show, it uh, it had an impact on uh, young boys <laughs> in the early 80s. It
0: certainly did. Yup. All right, let's bring it back to this episode, then. Um, First of all, the teaser of this one, it's great. Um, Sam comes in... Coach tells, you know, there have been a string of robberies in the neighborhood, and Coach says he's got the perfect solution. Sam's like, don't worry about it. I'm going to get an alarm. And Coach is like, well, what would you think about getting a dog, like a guard dog? And Sam is just kind of walking past him. He's like, no, we can't do that. Where would we even put a dog? As he says that, he opens the door to the office, and you just hear this really aggressive growl and barking coming from the office. And Coach, of course, (laughs) has gotten them a dog that is, like, terrifying them. What did you think of this teaser?
2: Oh, that that was fun. The best was Carla's line. It came in a cage. I think he ate it.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love this. How are we going to get the dog out? It's like I didn't come in. He came into the cage, but I think he ate it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's a good, solid teaser. Nice, nice joke. I found it really interesting that when the episode proper started, it's starting like literally seconds after the teaser, and that's kind of unusual for Cheers. So really, this whole story is of a piece
0: yeah every time they do something like that, I wonder if the episode is running long or something, and like they might have had another teaser that could have gone, but they're like, You know we don't have time for it like with the way it's scripted, so we've just gotta chop off the first ninety seconds or the first two minutes of the episode and make that the teaser. Where's the first kind of good joke?
1: yeah, I mean, maybe because I know from reading uh Ken Levine's uh blog. It, it's not unusual that they would occasionally move a teaser from one episode to another, so mm-hmm. that could very well have happened.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: it's not like the teasers really are matter for episode per episode. I mean, no, they can switch over. I mean, hey, you could have had the teaser from the first episode still in any episode pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah. The, isn't there like one teaser that they more or less repeated with, uh, like the guy who is working at the, the, Oh yeah. You
2: talked about that once. The guy factory. working at the factory. Yeah.
0: No, that yeah, factory. wasn't. It? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, yeah, it was a, a scene in the middle of episode five or six, something uh-huh. somewhere in the middle. And then they reshot it. It's the same dialogue. It's the same scene, but they reshot it to use it as the teaser for the season one finale. Because it's a two parter and I think just like the way it was scripted or something, they need an extra teaser. And for some reason rather than write something wholly new, they just used the exact same gag, the same material, and but like that, reshot it. It's new costumes, new hair, everything like that. But yeah.
1: Now, I, that. I wonder if, since that was like part two of the two part finale, maybe that space was just taken up with a recap in the original airing or something.
0: Possibly, I've always kind of oh. wondered if it was supposed to be an hour-long episode, so there wouldn't have been a natural break there. But maybe, maybe it was like yeah. when it when it ran like in the original, because there is like a uh, a recap section for, but like the the I don't know, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just something they did for syndication purposes or something like that.
0: Right, right. that would make no. sense actually. So, okay, so once the episode begins, Diane walks right in with her friend. As we say, Heather is sort of the opposite of the buttoned-up, uh, very prim and proper Christine Sullivan that she was in Night Court. Uh, she's much more just kind of open, like, just affable. She's just I mean, She just has this exuberant kind of, like, nice personality. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she goes around. She meets the whole group. Uh, I, I love that she's like, this is my oldest friend. And Carla's, of course, like, oh, you met this morning?
1: Yep. I like how she's so striking that Cliff is immediately tongue-tied <laughs> yeah. around her. He's like, how, how do I do you? Uh, and I forget what the second thing he said was. but <laughs> <laughs> Nice to that- meet me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. He's, he's totally – and then once Sam is able to kind of like banter with her, it played off, and he's got like just this natural connection. Cliffy's like all oh, upset, and he's like, oh, yeah. They're- she's just like all the other women, hung up on looks, personality, and style. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually, hate her. Yeah, that was that was almost one of my home runs. Is when Cliff is just so embarrassed. He just he's mad at her for like tongue for making him tongue tongue He's like, I hate her. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one thing. Not the hating her, but that's one thing I did like a lot about this episode. Is even though yes, the main focus is obviously Sam, Diane, and Mark, and the friend Marky Everyone had a nice bit in this episode. Like no one got. I felt like no one got short-shifted. Everyone had a significant role and like they all had their own jokes and own little bits and things like there was a lot for everybody to do in this episode.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also nice that they had a nice subplot in the bar because the second act basically all takes place in Diane's apartment. So, right. so it was nice to have that dog subplot.
0: Right, right. When Diane introduces her friend to Coach, this is one of my one of my favorite bits and I've used this like in, in later later years when she he says, "You can call me Coach or by my other nickname." Like, what other nickname? He goes, "Satchmo." And I've, I've always loved that nickname. I've used that like yeah. as a as a password for like like other like like email accounts and stuff like that in the past. Like I always just love that Satchmo. Now um, we
2: know. Yeah, now you we can now hack, hack
0: into
1: Ryan Daly's Facebook account.
0: There, there you go. There you go. But yeah, and, and of course Diana's like she's like Coach. No, you're getting confused with Louis Armstrong. And of course he's taking it the wrong way. He's like, oh no, but I like that one better. Yeah. <laughs> and of course that joke is. Played off beautifully. About ninety seconds later, when he's apolog- coach is apologizing to Sam about the dog and everything, and, and Sam was like, "Don't worry about it, coach." And coach says, "Oh, please, call me Louis Armstrong."
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's one other thing they did this episode there's a lot of jokes where they set up it as a joke at first and then it gets played back later yes. there's <laughs> that one there's the witty repartee mm-hmm. when Carla does the whole thing with the showing Diane the office <laughs> <You're> trying <laughs> more to of that, throw her to the dog literally or that witty repartee that you love uh, the, the prank phone call yep. yeah, there's yeah a couple, th- and I think there might have been something else I forgot but there's a couple things that they're like where they play off as one joke and then they call back to it like a couple minutes later it was really nice
1: yeah yeah and, and Al you just mentioned that you know, like Carla tries to shove Diane into the office it's it's unusual to see Carla be actively homicidal <laughs> so, it's going a few degrees
2: beyond what Carla usually does usually but yeah I was actually when I was watching it, I'm thinking like wow that's a great description of it's always sunny in Philadelphia a <laughs> bar run by four Carlas yeah <laughs> and, and I like late, later when
1: uh uh, Diane is talking to Sam, and then Carla just walks by, and the two of them just growl at each other. <laughs> yes. that was one of the other ones. Yeah, the growling. That that was fun. That was fun. I mean, I don't. I wonder if that was something that was just added in this after they staged it, and they were like, "Oh, oh Carla's crossing Diane here. They should say something." But they, and maybe they just decided to have them growl instead of writing a, new di- a line of dialogue.
0: Oh, I like it. You're right. But Carla isn't often actively homicidal, but when she is. Strangely, I don't feel like it's out of character. It, just, <laughs> well, it kind of makes yeah. her more endearing.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, when it's Diane, she's trying to kill. Right. Right. The kid's got to get it from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there You go. There you go. <laughs> um, you mentioned the thing with the prank phone calls, which I, I love the way this is called back. So the, the setup there, you know, there Diane and and uh, Heather are telling Sam about how what goofs they used to be in school. And of course you got to imagine what Diane considers a goofball to be as a kid. So they do this prank phone call and they set it up as like some trivia contest. And they ask him, you know, name three cars that start with a letter that start with P and he rolls off Porsche, Plymouth and Pontiac. And they're like, no, I'm sorry. Those, those cars start with Gas. Ha, ha ha and they laugh it off and everything like that. And it's like, okay, that's that's fine. That's kind of a, a silly sophomore joke that like little kids would like. But what makes it land so well, what makes it great, five minutes later you see Norman Cliff on the phone doing that gag, and it's they're calling their own mothers and trying to trick. Them.
2: Yeah. And they mocked the joke. <laughs> yes. yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they looked at each other and kind of like the with like the greatest eye rolls when they first heard it. But then they're like, "Yeah, okay, let's do that." And then they're calling each other. He's like, "All right, now we'll do your mother. He's like, "No your way, mama. no way." They're like slapping each other. So
1: yeah, it, it's really cute because it's, it really just shows that at times Cliff and Norm are they're basically like twelve year olds. You know? <laughs> oh god, yeah. I mean, both in the way that they interact with and are intimidated by women, and also with stuff like the prank phone calls.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. Oh, you mean like for instance, Norm's character from his wedding, where he apparently uh, asked his Vera's sister out during the wedding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he's explaining because he's he's sympathizing with Sam that you know he feels like the the woman could be hitting on him right in front of right in front of her sister or her friend or something like that, and he's like, "Yeah, Vera's sister you used to always flirt with me. You know, sit on my lap, dressed in these slinky clothes. So finally, I asked her out, and you know, she shot me down." It's like, oh, I can't imagine Vera would still marry you after that. He's like, well, she kind of had no choice. We were right in the middle of a ceremony at the time. Yeah. <laughs> then there was another, another part that I love that was close to one of my home runs just because of the visual thing. It's when Sam is like opening a pickle jar – at the mm-hmm. at the bar or something and heather walks by she's like "Ooh, muscles she does a kind of cutesy voice yeah. and she like kind of grabs him by the bicep or whatever and keeps walking yeah. and he does that look and and john when we were talking about uh sumner's return yes. it's sort of like the same visual thing when sam was so tired and so exhausted that he didn't know when he does that thing like when he's pointing at somebody that he's like uh-huh. did you catch that did you see how funny that was or whatever but this guy it's like a different situation but when she does that he's pointing right at norman cliff he's like did you see that did you see what she did yeah. Yeah. tell me i'm crazy and and you know it really
1: occurred to me that margie post had a tough job in this episode because she has to be like flirty enough with sam that you don't think sam is nuts but it also has to be ambiguous that enough that you can think of like well maybe she's just being friendly and and flirty and she's Mm -hmm. not actually after him maybe diane's reading too much Yeah, she has to, like, play that right down the middle. And I, th- I think the writing and
2: her performance, they both do a great job of that. Yeah, especially since, because I, if I had seen it, like I said before, if I had seen this before, I don't remember. I really expected it to be that she is actually hitting on Sam. And the mm-hmm. fact that she was not at all was actually, I was actually impressed with that. I, that was just kind of the trope. I just assumed it to be correct. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it and
0: it, it, they could have made the character unlikable. They could, uh, I mean, well, you run the risk of either she becomes kind of a, a villain or an antagonist because she's driving a wedge between the two characters that ostensibly we want to see get together, our heroic leads, or you kind of see, okay, maybe she should be with Sam, and I kind of <laughs> like her better than Diane or something like that. And, like That's another danger if they overplay it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so.
1: but, but I think it was interesting. They get a lot of comedy mileage out of uh Diane's imagination running away with her mm-hmm. um and i mean yeah maybe maybe heather was actually attracted to sam i could i could see that but i mean she's an adult she has enough self control that she's not going to go after her best friend's boyfriend especially since she just moved to town
0: right yeah she's actually a yeah. very strong like independent I, i'm not going to call her a sex positive character but i mean she she's very like upfront with when they actually confront her and she's like sam i am i am into you and like diane like free she's like I, i'm just kid- joking and then she kind of like passes it off she's like you know sam you are very attractive but for me to throw away my friendship with diane you'd have to be rich too yeah <laughs> yeah
1: it, it's cute it's cute yeah and I also like the deadpan way she just says, "Sam, I want you," and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, that's that's great. It's a great turn. Yeah, just it hits you very unawares. So that that was really good. That that was close to being my uh, my home run. My <laughs> line of the episode. Uh,
0: anything else about the ac- activities at the bar before we move to Diane's apartment?
2: Um, just I'm assuming since she didn't believe Sam when he told told him this that Carla was just telling Diane that just to screw with her, right? Because she told Di- Sam she doesn't believe him, but then she tells mm-hmm. Diane, oh, yeah, he's right. Yeah, I'd, I'd say probably.
0: Yeah, there's a good chance that she was just – I mean, I definitely think the the goal was to drive Diane crazy. And, to, like, whether she believes it or not, the objective was
2: the same. You know, Oh, yeah, uh, that's Carla's life goal, I think. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Diane crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, yeah. But before we move on from the bar, I, I would like to say one more thing about the dog subplot. It really struck me when I was watching this one is that the dog subplot is basically like something out of an old radio show because it's done pretty much purely through sound. Right. You never see the dog. I don't think they even say what breed the dog is, but it's just they crack open the door to Sam's office and you hear the sounds of the dog either growling or or getting amorous. And it would play just as well in like a purely audio medium. It, you could put this in an old radio show, and it would it would work just as well. And
2: uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, the closest we get to a description is when Cliff tells it to sit, <laughs> and then he's told it is sitting. Cliff. Right, right. So it's obviously yeah. some huge dog, like a
1: like
0: great master or, or a dane or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, That's great. Cause then Cliff just closes the door he's like nuke the beast, Sam. <laughs> yeah. that's how yeah. the teaser ends. Yeah. Um yeah, I was trying to think of something comparable where there's like obviously something in the office that they don't show in like there's a later season episode uh I don't if it's like season seven, eight or nine or something, when Woody has a bunch of bees in Rebecca's office.
1: Oh sure. I remember and they, that.
0: They don't they don't actually show them until but they do actually Woody later comes out when he's in like a full like apiary outfit when he's like got the yeah. bees on his hands. No sudden movements. I just love that moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, it's all the more powerful because you don't see the dog because you get to use your imagination to imagine what this dog is doing and what it looks like. It's, it's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, when diet, when Sam is trying to talk to Diane, he's like, you know, I've never had a, f- a woman who was just a friend before. I'm like, I mean, he's not counting Carla and I'm not sure if that's because he sees Carla more as one of the guys is not a woman or he sees her as an employee. He's obviously not including Carla in that statement, but, I, it didn't feel like an obvious slight because there, there are like ways of no prizing that. Just like the, the way he yeah. – what he naturally mm-hmm. kind of thinks about his relationship with Carla, it wouldn't be something like that. Like somebody that he would have to be friends with in to avoid like the, the sexual chemistry or something.
2: Well, like you said – I think you said in an early episode recently, Carla is either one of the guys or like sisterly. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. not friend – like a, that's not a woman friend. Right. She's one of the guys or family and obviously family, you know, that's fine. Uh,
1: I, I think it's just probably the simple fact that the line is a lot cleaner without any qualifications to it. You know, yeah. it, it's just it's just simpler if you just if it's just an either or thing. So,
0: so we go back to uh, Diane's apartment, which uh, Al, you were there for the first appearance of this apartment on on episode one. I think this yep. is the fourth time we're in this apartment this season so far. Um, so they're they're definitely getting use of the second
2: set. Um, they actually got a bit of a budget increase and were 're able to do a second set, and they are <laughs> going to use it <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, so Heather shows up first she 's got a new dress, and that of course at this point in her mind, Diane is kind of losing it, and she 's misinterpreting everything she 's like, "Why did you buy a new dress she's you know she thinks that this is uh, again her just like manipulating Sam she was going to make veal Oscar, and apparently that was a disaster, so they 're just doing like regular spaghetti. Mm-hmm. i mean i 'll be honest like the the my favorite part it was almost uh, I keep saying I, I obviously had a lot of runners up for my home runs for this episode because I keep saying this was almost my home run, but throughout this whole second half when Diane finally loses it and explodes, she literally stands up, pushes her seat over, and like starts screaming at Heather, they have mm-hmm. this blow up she 's accusing them as Heather and Diane are trying to resolve this whole crazy situation. One of my favorite parts throughout is the fact that Sam keeps eating and he's, <laughs> he's, and he's not ignoring
1: them. the spaghetti into his mouth. I know, yeah. He's
0: not ignoring them either. He's still taking part in the conversation. He's commenting, right. he's listening attentively, but he's also yeah. just sitting there just, no, I'm just still eating the spaghetti. He's and hungry. They say,
1: <laughs> and they say, Sam, how could you eat at a time like this? And he just goes, I've eaten through worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, and I also love that Sam has horrible table manners. He's just—he's really just shoveling as much spaghetti into his mouth as he possibly can, uh, and it's just a great physical bit of business from uh, Ted Danson.
2: Well, when everyone else at the table is having a big argument, I guess you know your table manners are the least of concerns. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Did either of you think like when Sam I, when or when Sam and Heather when they're actually getting physical? Like, and I just like like grabbing each other that uh-huh. it was like, okay, I, I see where Diane, like, why, why she's kind of losing it at this point. Like, this is that that's a kind of
2: interaction. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's one thing if you're at a restaurant and you have different foods and it's all really good, you're like, oh, try this one. Oh, try this one. But you're eating the same food. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Cooked in the same pot. It's not even like it was like, yeah. you know, it, it's all cooked together. It's oh, like, here, let me feed
1: really... you the bread that we're both eating. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, pasta. And I mean, the little tickle fight thing on the couch, like if Sam was a single man, and uh yeah that that would have turned into something that's right. that's where the evening would have turned um but
0: yeah that uh, yeah, that was my first thought i mean yeah if i if i like started like tickling or playing like on the couch with my wife's sister or one of her friends or something as clearly. A no, like that no, that yeah. way across the line. So yeah. at that point, I kind of see why Diane just abruptly shouts dinner time, <laughs> like, it, like <laughs> her voice like changes, like an octave or something. I, like.
1: There was also a moment I love where where Heather's just making conversation before Sam arrives, and she just goes, <laughs> "I sure like Sam," and Diane immediately goes, slut.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so-
1: uh, that was great.
2: What was that? Oh, no, I said... Um, um, Thank,
0: thanks a lot. lot. Yeah, <laughs> That's what she good. said, thanks. Oh, it's so abrupt. Actually, slut? It's like, whoa, like you hear the audience going, whoa. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, no, it was good, yeah. Well, and you can also see Diane, uh, the other reason for Diane's concern is especially concern for the style of the 80s, Marky posts the way her character is portrayed here. The hair and the outfit is definitely much more in line of attractive woman at the time, as opposed to Diane's very button-up, almost colonial type look. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Diane had a much more old-fashioned or classical
1: style, and uh, yeah, Marky posts was like of the minute.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, who who's Diane's other? Oh, she had a, she was friends with Julia Duffy in the first season. Right, the other friend who was Rebecca. Rebecca, right? Who who dressed and acted just like Diane, except even perhaps even more prudish and and uptight.
1: Which makes sense, since Julia Duffy was like I believe the second choice for Diane, or, or one of the runners up for the role. Was, she
0: was, one of the runners up for Diane, one of, who auditioned for it. Yeah,
1: with yeah. Uh, Fred right. Dreyer, I think that's yep. who she appeared yeah. with. Speaking of friends, or, though, I guess William so. Devane. I forget what the combos were.
0: Good question. I, I,
2: I'm not sure. Woo! I've stumped the band. Yeah, <laughs> you win the prize. Yeah. yeah. This uh, is not yeah, my podcast! Woo! <laughs> so the, this was like a year, you said, before she joined Night Court, right? But she still, oh, you said she's still on, um, what's it called? Fall Guy. Fall Guy, yeah. Okay, because that's the one thing, though, like, and the one reason I thought maybe they were originally going to do when I first saw it or thought they were, were going to have her being hitting on Sam is because you have this best friend that we are never going to see again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, she still would have been locked up in subcontract one way or another. Yeah, this one came out in December of 83, her first appearance on Night Court was later in the fall of 84, but she didn't become a regular until the fall of 85.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, having her at least trying for Sam would have been a reason why the friend would never be shown again because yeah.
0: well, she's not I mean, friends anymore. Yeah,
1: I mean, but it, but it's a kind of a common sitcom thing is well, like yeah. you have like, mm-hmm. a friend you've never heard mentioned before. They show up for one episode and then they're never heard from or mentioned again uh that's that's so common in in sitcoms especially sitcoms of this era that i I don't think it's that unusual
2: no that's true that's like the really serious boyfriend that the sister had in growing pains that died from the car accident and then next episode eh, who cares we're never gonna talk (laughs) about him again second chance (laughs) second chance exactly because he wasn't drinking even at the time i think it was but (laughs) it doesn't matter we're never gonna talk about him again it's okay yeah go away forever (laughs) So you're right, you're right. There, There's that. I forgot about that. And, I, mean,
0: there's, there's a, I mean, there are a couple of things to, to play. For one thing, I mean, to some extent, the the creators are playing fast and loose because they're writing this. I mean, it's serious, but nobody's ever expecting you to marathon these shows. They, right. they have no idea if they're ever going to get in this. The show could be canceled at any point, especially this early in the show's life. I mean, they're, they're mm-hmm. hanging on for dear life every episode. So well, they're, they're not concerned it? about continuity.
1: But yeah, also, yeah. Wasn't it doing better in the second season though? I thought it picked up in the ratings like over, after the summer reruns.
0: It did, but I I don't I mean it wasn't like it didn't launch from like 99 to 50. I mean it was it was right. it was higher. Like I don't I think it was still kind of in the bubble for the second year, but it it had a little bit more cushion. Okay. It so years- it
1: wasn't a hit show yet.
0: Not quite. I mean, it had won it won awards. It was like a, a critical darling, and it started to right. pick up. But it was probably by the end of the season that it was kind of like, oh, they they really know where it's going. It's becoming a big one. And ah, yeah, uh, now I don't remember when Cosby Show became the lead in for this. I don't remember. Uh, eighty four,
1: I want to say, or
0: so that would been around there. Eighty four, eight maybe eighty five. So maybe the next season. So that might have been with season three.
2: Yeah. So- That's when it became Cheers.
0: Yeah. The other thing is, I mean, a lot of these people come in, like, as guest actors or something like that, and, like, they might be around for one episode, and if they make a good impression, their agents get them locked up on another show, and that's why the character Mm -hmm. never comes back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, sometimes, like, a guest spot like this, it could just be because the network liked the person as an actor or an actress. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. Marky Post, I mentioned before, she was, like, also on the Mm A-Team and on this. So I would say probably NBC liked her. Yeah. And they, they were looking for places to put her. So it, it could have been something like that, too.
0: Okay, so before we kind of wrap up and give our final thoughts, there's something about this episode that I, I couldn't figure it out. But I, it, like when I, I watched it before this uh, this, like a second time, does the ending of this one at all feel anticlimactic to you guys?
1: A little bit. I, yeah. I
0: kind of felt like the situation is sort of resolved too easily. She like Diane freaks out, and they're like, no, you're crazy. There's nothing There there is no chemistry to it. We're just, say you're sorry, and they kind of apologize and move on. And mm-hmm. the last little visual sight gag of Sam hugging Heather, and then hugging uh, Diane, and then going back to hug Heather a second time, but Diane has to pull him away. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny, but it Feels comparatively weak to some of our other, you know, l- real punchlines. I just kind of felt like the end of this episode just sort of—it didn't fizzle. It wasn't underwhelming. It—it it didn't feel unsatisfying. But maybe the it's s- an ending.
2: That's enough. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the stakes—it's it, not stakes as didn't
1: big feel, of a gag as you usually see the show end on.
0: Yeah. The yeah. stakes didn't feel as strong as they sometimes do, and the final gag wasn't as memorable.
2: Yeah, and actually, that's for both stories because the dog story really never gets resolved either. It's just, I mean, he's drunk, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it is a bit of, uh, I don't know. Yeah,
1: saying it's an anti climax seems a little strong, but it's it's not as big of a note as as Cheers as the show usually ends on. But uh, I think it's fine. I think it still works.
0: Yeah, again, like there's nothing unsatisfying about it. It's still a very fun episode. I just feel like it didn't land with as strong a punch as I'm kind of used to.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah, a good it, ending, not a great ending. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's fine.
0: yeah. Uh, before we get into our superlative categories, any final things, or uh, I think uh, that's probably a good way to leave it.
1: Uh, nineteen eighty-three Marky Post is very attractive. <laughs>
2: Seconded.
0: Uh, I, I would say two thousand nineteen. She's still pretty attractive, but yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing against any of the other Marky Posts throughout time in history. <laughs> But, you know, you you always remember your first love, and my first love for Marky Post was 1983
0: Marky Post. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, for Norm's tab, I've only got him at two for this episode, and that's kind of being generous, assuming there's kind of a lengthy split in time between the first act and the second one. We don't really see him drinking. It's like, It seems like he's always got half of a beer in front of him. Uh, so it could have actually been just one, but I'm going to give him credit and say there's two beers this episode just because I think by the time the first act goes to commercial and when we come back, there's probably enough time has passed that he's had a, another beer or so. Uh
1: he's that, himself today. Yeah, yeah that's, I, I think that's a good assumption. Yeah.
0: And that would bring him up to 159 for the series up to this point. Wow uh now for our employees of the week, uh and Al, you mentioned that everybody kind of has something to do and and that was another thing about this one that i I didn't think there was a really strong standout. I thought everybody was really good, but i I don't know like John, what did you think? Who was your employee of the week?
1: Let's see i I can give it to a guest actor right
0: yeah, You can absolutely okay, then i I think I have to
1: give it to marky I think she she had the toughest job. In this episode, and uh, and she knocked it out of the park. I mean, I, I loved what uh, what Shelley Long did with Diane's paranoia. I loved what the the little grace notes that Ted Danson found. I mean, particularly with the spaghetti and and the uh, the wordless like look. You know, she just felt my bicep. Uh, those <laughs> are great too. But I, but come on, you got to give it to Marky Post. Yeah, Al,
2: what'd you think? Um, yeah, I was a bit tempted a few ways, and since you gave it to Marky, that's I feel better now. But not so. I'm giving it to Diane. Because of the just the physical way she did it, the changing of the voice, the way she screamed, the you know all the uh, little uh, side eyes and facial features she had during dinner, mm-hmm. you know the way she had to like. Well, they got to play off on each other, at least she had to act on her own, so to speak. Yeah, you know, that's she had a good to be. In a, she had to do it in a bubble by herself. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so I love that little like as you could see Diane boiling over to the point where then you're like just waiting for her to explode. And she does. Yeah.
0: yeah, I gave it to Diane too, for the same reason that you said everything about like the, the change in her and the way it overcomes her and like just the, the nonverbal cues that she goes through during the scene at, at dinner and, and as she's preparing it. But also it really kind of starts after she talks to Carla and once, like, Sam comes in and when they're still at the bar and, like, this change and everything about his behavior just starts, like, pinging the wrong signal and everything like that. And she's getting worried. Uh, just the the nonverbal stuff was really, really good for her. But Marky Post was also incredible, uh, like, uh, just for, you know, just uh, driving it, like, right down the middle of being fun, flirty. But not over the top, not something that where you have to, you know, pick size or, or think that she's, you know, being the antagonist of the episode. Um, beautiful to look at, too. That, that certainly helps. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go with Diane, but I can't. Everybody, everybody had a good moment in this one. Yep. Uh, which brings us to mm-hmm. the home run. Um, now. I, uh, sluts was what was definitely on my list uh but there was another one that i saved and i'm wondering if you guys got the same one so uh al well, what was your home run for this one
2: uh my home run actually wasn't one of them it was actually something we did mention before uh the norman cliff doing the <laughs> prank call slapping each other like little 12 year olds and giggling like schoolgirls. I, I love what norman cliff are just 10-year-olds together when you can see that's why they're best friends it's not just because they spend eight hours a day drinking at the bar and they're close by each other but i'm sure that's a good reason too is they're lazy and he's right there (laughs) but it's because they'll do these stupid five-year-old things together and neither one is judging the other because they're both doing it
0: (laughs) they're both entertained by the same thing yeah
2: I, I like, by the way, how Cliff and Norm
1: have been regressing in age throughout our episode here. I said they were twelve. You just said they were ten, and now they're five. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to be zygotes by the time we're done. <laughs> I was
0: just if you leave them alone too long, yes, that's what will happen. Yes. I should have said my employee of the week was the newborn Cliff, who's like, I hate <laughs> <Yes. her." laughs> uh, John, who, who, what was your home run for this one?
1: Uh, I, I had to give it to uh, a line from Sam that we haven't mentioned yet, but uh, where he says to Diane, I don't have much experience saying no to women. The closest I've ever come is not now we're landing. <laughs> uh, that's a wonderful line. It's just such a great Sam line. It's, it's just great.
0: It is perfect. That was my home run, too. That was absolutely yeah. the, the line. As soon as I heard that, I was like, yes. I was like, that was yeah. And you're right. It's the perfect Sam line. You could put that in any episode, any context, and it's just the perfect sum up for Sam. He's like, I need yeah. a little, I need a little help, Diane, because I'm not used to saying no to women. The closest I've ever come is, not now, we're landing. It's
1: like,
2: yeah. And I just want to shout out to, because I know none of us picked it, but I just want to shout out to Coach.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. When Marky does the I want you, Sam, and I don't care who knows it. And then, you know, no, it's okay. Only if you were rich, then we'd be a problem. And everyone, you know, kind of laughs and chuckles at it. And you have, like, what, a 30-second beat? Yeah. And then Coach loses it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's really good. And, yeah, that great, boisterous co- Coach laugh that he used whenever you knew he didn't really get something. <laughs> I mean, he did that a few times, I think. But uh, it, it was great. It yeah, he knew something was fun. He wasn't sure what,
2: but yeah, wasn't going to stop him from laughing at it. Yeah, he wanted to be one of the gang.
0: All right, Uh, guys, thank you both very much for being on this episode. Uh, Al, where else can people find you if they want to hear more from you?
2: You can find me at Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. It's all about the Marvel characters, Adam Warlock and Thanos. Very obvious. Uh, If you're ready to listen to a podcast, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos, whatever podcatcher you use, it'll pop up. Uh, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com and you can find me on Twitter at, at AdamThanosPod.
0: Very cool. And John, where can we find you if we want to hear more from you?
1: Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at TrumbullComic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L in the word comic. Uh, you can also listen to me on my regular podcast The SNL Nerds uh, where uh, my friend Darren Patterson and I, we deconstruct each episode of Saturday Night Live uh, at the Monday after it premieres. Uh, You can just search for us on SNL nerds on wherever you listen to podcasts and we will pop up.
0: All right. Thank you very much, both of you, for being on the show. Thank you, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. Please support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook and Twitter, or you can leave a comment on the website at fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the show now with your money. The Fire and Water Podcast Network is now on Patreon, and a special thanks to all of our patrons over there, with an extra special shout-out to Mike Gillis from Radio Versus the Martians, who sponsors this show. For more information on how you can support the network in general or this podcast in particular, visit patreon.com fwpodcasts. Thank you everyone for listening, and until next time, we're closed.
2: Well, what do you think? About what? About this dress. I just bought it today. I saw it and I had to have it. Why did you buy a dress today, of all days? (laughs) You come into the bar, you meet everybody and go out and get a come get me dress, explain yourself. (laughs) I just saw it today. Oh. (laughs) Of course, you did what anyone in your position would have done. (laughs) Diane, is everything all right? Yes, yes. You sure? Yes, of course. Back to work. (laughs) I sure like Sam. (laughs) lot <laughs> What? I, I I said uh thanks a lot. Oh, oh. You're <laughs>